Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or the Notorious Fantasy, and welcome into episode 9 of Murder Your Bookie. This is week 7 of the 2020 NFL season. Before we get into our picks and our locks that we talk about in this video, me and Lucas are just going to be giving you guys 5 picks, and then at the end of the video, I also have one pick that is just a prop bets for the future, or not prop bets, I would say, but just bets for the future that I want to talk about. So before we get into it, though, I'd like to read you guys off our record, so I'll read mine off, and then Lucas is off, because we're going to honestly be honest with you guys how good we are doing so i'm right now i'm 11 and 14 four and two on locks which is a grand total of 15 and 16 which isn't the greatest obviously but could be a lot worse honestly if you guys are just taking me and lucas's locks we would be you'd be making a decent amount of money so lucas what's your record right now yeah so far uh i mean this is what we said the whole time like you can't judge us on one week because obviously it's bad weeks but so far that's the the non-locks of mine are 17 and 8 uh, for a total, no, sorry, 17 and eight. My locks are four and two. So our total uh, percentage ROI is 67 for me, 48 for you. And then if you combine all of our total picks, locks and picks, we're sitting at 58%. So obviously like your your individual picks are not hitting the 52 mark that you that you want to hit. But if you, if you just take everything, which that's like the whole goal is not to single out. Once you start singling out some picks, then you're just not even taking a full sample, et cetera. So definitely... Uh, stick with us. We're only six weeks in. Ten for sure more to go. We'll probably go through the playoffs, I would imagine, and whatnot. Yeah. But but our, our process is sound um, so far this year. Yeah, definitely. We've had hot weeks. We've had bad weeks. But if you ride the whole time, you're going to end up uh, winning some money. So let's get into it. First here, we are going to talk about – I'll go first, I guess, but this is technically my second most confident pick. We've decided to rank these in our confidence because we used to just go all around, and then we had our lock at the end, and then we discovered, you know what, let's give our order of actual confidence. So we'll go first with my second-ranked pick, which is Lucas's third-ranked pick, and that is the Lions at the Atlanta Falcons. Now, Lucas likes a team. I just like the over in this one, over 55-and-a-half. I think that the Falcons look so much better after they fired their head coach, Dan Quinn. They just look like they actually want to win a game. Uh, Julio Jones somehow scored two touchdowns last week. I don't expect that to ever happen again. That guy scores two touchdowns typically on like a six or seven game sample size. Last week, he scored two in one game. It was a miracle. The Lions look pretty good. Now, I'm not saying they're amazing or something, but I think that this is going to be a back and forth affair. I don't really, in my head, see a clear winner in this game. I just hear, see both teams scoring a decent amount. Kenny Galladay has looked very good for the Detroit Lions. When he's healthy, the Lions are just buzzing and TJ Hawkinson is going up against the worst defense up against the tight end in the NFL in the Atlanta Falcons. I just feel like he's going to be really involved in this game and put up a lot of uh, points for the team because I wouldn't be surprised if he scored two touchdowns here with just how piss poor the Falcons are at covering the tight end position. And I just don't think either of these defenses are good enough to keep the under uh, to get it to go to under 55 and a half. Now, 55 and a half is definitely a big number. But I just feel like if the Falcons are playing how they did last week and how I thought the Falcons would play all season, this should be very easy to hit the over. So what are you thinking here on the uh, the over before you get to your pick? Yeah, I think that we've seen a lot of these games where everyone knows they're good offenses, bad defenses, right? And that's why these totals are high. And I think it's kind of uh, the first couple of weeks, it's been a trap as to like, oh, just hit the over, hit the over, hit the over because it, because it makes sense, right? Or at least it thinks it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I think what we saw, well, because I was on the Falcons over with the, the Panthers, I think two weeks ago, and that was kind of a dumb sort of. That was under. Like in hindsight, the, the process was good, but like the, when you actually like watch the game and I saw like things that I was like, why did I do that? But then you come last week and the Falcons were just finishing drives. Like they were just actually playing football. And, I mean, 
frankly, everyone knows this. It's because Dan Quinn is gone. It's why the Texans look good last week. It's because it's just a change of of play style. And most often than not, when when a interim head coach comes in, they're not trying to do what they want to do because it's not their job, right? They're an intern for a reason. Like they're asking the quarterback, especially a guy like Matt Ryan or Deshaun Watson, like, what do you want to do? What works? And to Matt Ryan, that is, let's just throw the ball over the place and hand it off to Todd Gurley and shotgun. Let's not try and pound the rock or give all these little dumb touches to Russell Gage, even though he's good, but like they're letting Julio do his thing. Ridley's still doing his, his role. And now Gurley's like actually looking good because it's flowing like, this offense should. So, yeah, I like the over here. Um, you're probably going like a first half over, stuff like that. I just think it's it's just uh, – it's not a trap as much as I think some of these other overs are. And we did say last week that the, the, the lines are kind of adjusting. We saw that last week. I think there was a lot more unders. Don't quote me, though. Or at least it just kind of seemed like that in the games that were kind of higher totals when they shouldn't be. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think the over here is a good pick. I mean, you could probably get away with teasing it down or vice versa, too, if you had to. Yeah, definitely. So who are you picking to win this game since you uh, have it as your third most confident pick? Yeah, so my third pick is uh, Falcons minus two and a half. I've actually bet the money line because you could odds boost it down from DraftKings. But either way, I still think the side is the Falcons here. And I really think it's just because, I mean, we saw firsthand with this team when the, the guy that's the interim head coach now became the interim D coordinator. I think uh, Robert Morris is his name, Raheem Morris or something. Yeah, We just saw like a... That's when they hit their hot streak, right? Or else they would have had like the third, fourth pick in the draft last year. The same scenario as this year. And I think you just kind of see like this boost of morale on the team. I know it's not a very good point to, to bet against, but the Lions like just don't have the the firepower on offense. I think to respond to the Falcons. I mean, they have Mar- Marvin Jones is basically washed. They have Galladay. Yeah. You, you can you can put in Galladay for his hundred yards, maybe a touchdown or two, and then Swift maybe on the breakout game. But like it's. I just don't think it's enough to compete with this Falcons offense. Like, if you compare quarterbacks, I think, uh, to be determined, I think the quarterbacks are pretty equal, especially the way Ryan's been playing the last last week. I think yeah. the running backs, as much as people say Gurley's washed are equal. I think the tight ends, Hawkinson might be better, but he still hasn't broken out yet. And I think the Falcons receivers are better by far. And the defenses both suck. So I think, I just like the Falcons on this. If you're not comfortable with two and a half, uh, I would just say you go money line, toss it in a parlay, but you're not getting three. So you're just saying a field goal win, which seems pretty ideal in this game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, my old, I don't really feel either way on this game. That's just why I took the over, because I think both teams are going to be scoring a decent amount. I think Matt Stafford has looked all right this year. I don't think he's looked as good as I thought he would this season, but I wouldn't expect him to put up like a bet. Last game, they played up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. He did not look good at all. In my opinion, he just wasn't playing well because they were trying to run the ball a lot. And this offense just really has no identity right now for the Lions. Some weeks you see them trying to run the ball, try to get all running backs involved. Some weeks you see them just using one guy, Adrian Peterson. Other weeks they're using all three. It's very confusing, to be honest with you. And I'm surprised Matt Patricia still has a job. So I think the Falcons may end up putting the dagger inside of Matt Patricia's chest and he may not end up uh, coming home from this one. Even though it is at their home, they'll just leave him there in Detroit. So got anything else to say on that or can we move on? Move on. All right. So my next pick here is Seattle at the Arizona Cardinals. I took Seattle minus three and a half. Now, this may sound a little bit crazy, but the more I thought about this, I was thinking about how has the games worked for these teams? So Seattle last week has a bye. The Cardinals are coming off of a short week on Monday up against one of the best teams in the NFL. And that team had a fucking bye. 
Seattle is going to roll the Arizona Cardinals. Seattle minus three and a half. I don't, I do think that the Cardinals will be scoring in this game, but I don't think this is going to be some type of a blowout. But I think that Seattle wins by seven here. I wish I could have gotten this at minus three, but I don't think it will move to minus three unless the hype of the Cardinals uh, moves to the public after they dismantled the Dallas Cowboys last week. That's really the only way that it would move down. Seattle just overall, in my opinion, the best team in the NFL right now, and it is not even close. Even if their defense is not very good, I still think that Russell Wilson will be able to cook them up enough points to get them to six or seven, whatever they need to do to win this game, unless it moves down to minus three, obviously, and then they could just push on a field goal. But I don't even think it will get that close. I just think that uh, Russell Wilson is too good to lose to the Cardinals when he's coming off the bye. He's been preparing all week and yet last week for this game. And the Cardinals are coming in off a short week. They're probably high as fuck on that win over the Dallas Cowboys, which looked like the easiest win ever. I don't know why I thought the Dallas Cowboys might be able to win last week. That was very wrong of me. So, uh, yeah, Seattle over the Cardinals minus three and a half. What are you thinking about that? Yeah, I'm super mad I didn't get it at three. Um, so I'm probably going to wait for it to get to four, and then I'll just tease it through plus three on the other side. Um, yeah. I I just – I don't think the Cardinals are that good. Like, I, I think, like, people see Kyler Murray playing like he is in Madden against the, the absolutely worst defense. <laughs> like, the Jets' defense and the Jags' defense is better than the Cowboys' defense. And, like, I, I know last week I was kind of like – I was on the under for the Cowboys because I kind of figured, I mean, it hit just because the Cowboys offense sucks. But, like, I was kind of expecting, like, oh, crap, we don't have Dak. We might need to focus on defensive schemes, et cetera. And, like, the, no, not no. even close <laughs> to that. Um, so, yes, all the Mike Nolan takes I made in preseason to Danny, like, they were true. Like, they were they were true. But uh, I don't know. Like, the, Kyler was, like, 9 for 22 against this Cowboys defense. She and if you trying. watch it, like, if you watch the game, it wasn't like these, like, it was miscommunication between the routes. Like the the whole offense is based on the timing of these routes. Like it's called the air raid. Like it's, it's all these option routes in which they, they need to be on task. They need to be doing their thing. And the first like six throws, like he threw it where no one was because they're running the wrong routes. And they just didn't look that good. I don't know if Chandler Jones is back. We'll have to see Devon Kennard. Maybe he'll be back, but on a short week, it's tough to say. And I think the Seattle just, I think they roll them pretty good. I mean, like I, I'll probably lay four or three and a half when it comes down to it, but I feel safer putting them through zero at plus three because I just don't think the Cardinals this matchup at all against this team. And I think, I mean, it will prove me wrong. If the Cardinals come out and win this game, then I'll be on board, but I still haven't seen anything except for week one where I, where I need to be on board for the Cardinals. Yeah, no, I don't think the Cardinals are necessarily bad or something, but when you're going up against the best team in the NFL off of a short week when the other team had a bye, it just seems like no way that the, uh, the Cardinals are going to go ahead and get a win in this one. So what's your next pick here? Uh, so my next pick is actually my number two because we went to Falcons for three, and it's the, the football team money line. And I was – I want to say shocked when I saw that the line was a pick at first instead of a football team. And this is kind of what I saw last week too, right? Like, But I think the, the, the idea of them actually being even makes sense to me based on the football team's front seven. And, I mean, I think we saw last week that Dalton under pressure was not good at all. Like that, that's where he – that's where he struggled. The football team gets Chase Young back this week. I don't even care how bad the football team's offense is. Frankly, they kind of look good last week against the Giants defense, which is equally as bad as the Cowboys defense, maybe even a little bit better. The so Giants if Kyle defense Allen can, is better, for sure. Yeah, if Kyle Allen can just play average, I think Terry McLaurin has a fantastic game this week. If his yardage prop is low, I'll probably take the over. And that front seven, is just, they saw last week how they can take over first place in the division. And I think that front seven – 
is just going to send pressure all the time. Like they're going to say, beat us in the air. You do, if you start beating us in the air, then we'll, then we'll start playing zone. Then we'll start only rushing four. But I think they're going to come out rushing five, six. They, they have nothing to lose. If they lose this game, they're still only two games back with nine games left to play. So I, I like the football team money line. You could go minus one. I just, it's at like minus one Oh three, but I'll just take the minus one Oh seven and take the money line instead of a chance of it pushing. But either way, um, it's it's probably fine, but I, I really like this one. Um, this was the, they were almost my lock two weeks in a row. I never thought the football team would be my lock two weeks in a row, but they almost were. <laughs> I don't know if I could ever bet on the Washington football team, but this seems like the perfect spot too. The Cowboys offense looks terrible. Now I expect it to look better this week, but the offensive line is not the Cowboys offensive line of the past where you think they're going to just stop everyone and Dak or Romo could just stand back there. In reality, Andy Dalton's on his ass constantly and Chase Young coming back scares the fuck out of me for Andy Dalton. The guy looked terrible last week. He was getting put on his ass all the time. And I think that the football team, while Kyle Allen isn't very good at all, I don't know why Dwayne Haskins isn't just playing because how much worse is Dwayne Haskins than Kyle Allen, right? He's probably better in my opinion. So I don't know. I think that the 40, not the 49ers, I think that the football team is one of the, the teams that I have no idea. I really have no idea who's going to win the NFC East. And the way the Cowboys have looked, this seems like an easy pick. But for some reason, it's just very hard to pick a team that has so little wins to beat another team that has so little wins. So, I don't know. I'll just go with the football team with you. And uh, not feel ultra confident in it, though. I understand that you're confident, though. There's one, and I just looked at the – on DK, and there might be better odds, but the division winner for the Niners – or the Niners, the football team is plus 900 this week. And I think – hypothetically so so one of the giants or eagles has to win right and obviously one of the cowboys or uh football team has to win so there will be it so okay so let's say eagles win so they're two wins the giants are one and six if the cowboys win they're at three wins but say the cowboys lose then there's three teams at two wins and i know that if the football team this week that plus 900 will go to plus 200 maybe because i think that I, I placed bets before the Dak injury actually that week on the Cowboys winning the division because they were at like minus 110, whereas preseason they yeah. were minus 150 and they had an easy schedule. But I mean, frankly, what I saw last week was not it. And the football team has the tiebreaker over the Eagles as of now. They, they still play them one more time. So that's another one to monitor. Uh, plus 900, you probably won't get those odds unless the football team loses, obviously, ever again. But if they, they're favored to win, so hypothetically they should have better odds than plus 900, I think. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. So my next pick here, I got the Bucks versus the Raiders over 52. Now, again, here I'm biting the over, and I feel like a lot of the games have recently gone under, but I think that this is another case where I think the Raiders are actually a pretty decent team. We've seen the Raiders beat the Chiefs. We've seen the Raiders look good up against the New Orleans Saints beating them earlier in the season. They've won games up against big teams, and the Bucks just rolled over the Green Bay Packers like a blunt and Stoop Dog's house. They absolutely destroyed them. I have never... I never expected that, to be completely honest with you. I really thought that the Packers were going to win. And then the Bucs just came out there and looked very good. The Bucs do have a very good defense. But to get over 52, I don't think is the biggest ask, especially if the Raiders are able to get a couple of touchdowns using their marquee guys like Darren Waller or maybe just some bullshit touchdown from Hunter Henry. Not Hunter Henry. I mean, Henry Ruggs could elevate this total to go over 52. I just don't think it would take all that much if the Bucks are playing here to roll over the Raiders to try to be one of the better teams in the NFL. I think Tom Brady here is going to come in and play very well in Las Vegas. I don't really feel affected by if there's a dome or not. That never really changes my opinion on the over, but it's more likely, in my opinion, 
that the over will hit in a dome game because you're not going to miss some bullshit field goal or something like that. And the Raiders have one of the best field goal kickers in the NFL, so I feel like that also elevates them. So I like the Raiders here to potentially actually beat the Bucs, but I think the over would be my pick here. With uh, how good the Bucs have looked and also how good the Raiders have looked, my only worry, though, is the Bucs start running the ball 7 million times with Ronald Jones and the over is just missed by, like, a touchdown. Yeah, this one, the, the, the total is tough on me on this one because I have a pretty strong side. And honestly, my, my fourth pick is the Bucks minus four, and I'm pissed I didn't take it at two and a half. Because um, I think people didn't really know how to evaluate that Bucks Packers game. Because frankly, I was all over the Packers um, and many, I know they're like my fourth or fifth pick last week, but they were almost my lock just because I, I felt like I haven't seen enough out of the Bucks offense to buy-in yet but frankly they played terrible last week the offense did not look good the defense just adjusts so well and that's credit to Todd Bowles I wish he's probably he's probably wishing he was back with the Jets not really but like I mean come on (laughs) he's he's probably the best Jets coach in the last 20 years uh but this defense adjusts so well to frankly getting just smoked the first two Packers drives I just don't think the Raiders come out and my picks the Bucks minus four because I just think the Bucks the, the things they do right is they have good coverage linebackers to guard Darren Waller and Jamal Dean has been amazing, which he'll just shadow Ruggs with Winfield kind of in his box, and then they'll play guys over the top. So I I, I see the 52, but it's just kind of tough because I think this game is like this Bucks roll them in a way or just kind of maintain. They build off what they did the last – since the, the pick six in the Packers game. But honestly, there could be more pick sixes, which just creates more of a gap for the Raiders to keep trailing and Ruggs could catch one or two deep bombs. So I don't mind it either. Yeah, the, my thing is the Raiders are now on a bye last week coming off that humongous win up against the Chiefs, and I feel like they're just their momentum is at maximum to put up some points here. So I'll go again because we're talking about the same game here. We have the exact same pick for our fifth pick, and that's the Bears versus the Los Angeles Rams. We both have nine-inch Nick Foles and the Chicago Bears plus six. Now, my reasoning behind this is probably far different than yours. Yours probably some nice analytical breakdown, but my breakdown here is that nine-inch Nick Foles does not lose in primetime games. This guy is simply built different on prime time and he has looked very good thus far this season the only thing with Nick Foles is he's a very streaky quarterback he will look awful in the first half of the game and then a switch will flip in his brain and he looks great in the second half or that switch never gets flipped and he will look terrible all game long so that's obviously a worry but he's been rolling these last couple of games he beat Tom Brady a couple of weeks ago Tom Brady didn't shake his hand and then last week Tom Brady was all touchy-feely with Aaron Rodgers and then people just be like oh Tom Brady doesn't want to get corona well he probably I don't know. I was going to make a joke about him kissing his son or something, but I don't know if his son goes to school, but bears versus the Rams. I like nine inch Nick Foles. I think this offense has looked very good. I think getting plus six is uh, a nice number here. And the thing is the bears and the Rams, in my opinion, have the exact same quarterback, two motherfuckers who are very streaky. You're going to get Jared Goff. That either looks like Patrick Mahomes, or you're going to get Jared Goff. That looks like the bears quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. It's one or the other. And it's the same thing with Nick Foles. You're either going to get super bowl, Nick Foles. You're going to get Nick Foles from when he was terrible on the Eagles during like the regular season or something like that. That's all you get from Nick Foles. So I'm going ahead and feeling very confident in Nick Foles here, given plus six. I think that the Rams may be one of the more fraudulent teams in the NFL. After this week, we feel a lot worse on the Rams. The Rams have looked all right in primetime. They rolled, obviously, the Dallas Cowboys. But I don't know. I just don't feel ultra confident on the Rams. So I'm going to go ahead and bet the Bears here plus six. I know you probably have a much better breakdown than I do. (laughs) I mean, like, I don't, I don't really, I think 
because both these teams to me are fluky. And I think we saw that with the Rams last week that they aren't four and two. They are probably more, I mean, like they could be a four and two team, but like, they're not, they're not, what I told you was, I don't, yeah, I don't know how the Bears are plus six against a team that should not be favored by six in any yeah. matchup against a team that has a better win total than them, right? I, I think both teams are fluky. But I think that the Bears' defense has been surprisingly really good at pass coverage, and that's why Brady struggled. It wasn't that they couldn't run the balls because it, it just circumstantial. The Bears got the lead. They had to, The Bucks had to throw the ball. And I'm not saying the Bears are going to come out in the lead here. I just don't think the Rams' offense is as good as people think. The running game is a big confusion. Cooper Cup has not been himself. Like Woods is good, but Woods isn't Julio, where he's going to go for 150 and two. He's, he's a 70 and a touchdown guy. That's really about it. And the whole tight end thing, whatever, like I don't think it's much. They're kind of still figuring that out. And on the flip side, the Bears offense, I mean, I always said that if they had a tight end, it'd run good because we saw that with Trey Burton two years ago, that if they just have that extra – outlet outlet to throw to like they're going to be all right and we've seen that jimmy Graham and now kind of cole commander there for kind of those big body guys that nick Foles can throw down to because frankly like montgomery just doesn't see the receiving work and tree cohen's obviously hurt so there's not that outlet it really just comes down to like the the rams just aren't six point favorites against a team that has a good defense i guess is kind of the way to put it. it has a top 15 top 10 maybe defense in this league um i i kind of want this to get to like seven just so I can tease it through 13 on the Bears side possibly, but I think the plus six is fine. And even honestly, like the, the money line is probably a decent throw a little bit on it just because I, I just can't see how they're six point fit. And this is growing too. This is at like four. And even yeah. I think four was too much. So people are liking the Rams in the side. Yeah, this is going to be a close game in my opinion, probably a kind of lower scoring game. So in that kind of case, I'll just take the, the points in the Bears plus six. So now we're going to go ahead and do our – uh, futures pick them. We'll do our locks, I guess. So my futures picks, I locked in the Dolphins to make the playoffs plus 340. I understand, right? I'm a Dolphins fan. So you can take that with a bit of a grain of salt, but I don't n- normally bet on the Dolphins unless I feel pretty confident in them. And I do feel confident that they are going to go ahead and land in the playoffs if Tua is the real deal. And that's what we're going to figure out here. And the odds of plus 340 do look pretty juicy with the Dolphins being only one game back from the Buffalo Bills. And they still play the Bills. They still play the Patriots again. They get the Jets again. So they get at least two wins there because I think that the Dolphins are locked to beat the Patriots when the Dolphins are at home. They just always seem to be able to do that. Now that's under a different regime, obviously, with Tom Brady. But the the Patriots just haven't looked all that good. They lost your Broncos last week, which I thought was a complete and utter lock. So I think that the Dolphins here do have the potential to make a play, the playoffs. If you pull up their schedule, it is cupcake matchups for the next five games after they play the LA Rams. They're getting these soft-ass teams. I think they could really elevate their win total from that. And then my other pick is to all offensive rookie of the year now I feel like if the Dolphins make the playoffs these kind of go together if they make the playoffs who is in my opinion is 100% winning offensive rookie of the year I don't think Joe Burrow nor Justin Herbert have proved enough to win the offensive rookie of the year now I think Burrow in my opinion right now is going to win but Herbert has looked very good thus far this season and I think that if Tua is able to get this team to win a bunch of games if he looks good because he's the underdog story he's the perfect story of not the I guess not an underdog because he's a top five pick right but he's the story of a guy who in my opinion wins the offensive rookie of the year the guy who gets hurt last year at Alabama the guy that comes in to Miami at three and three and leads them to going eight and 
eight and eight or nine and seven and then make the playoffs because I don't really see the Chargers or the Bengals making the playoffs. And normally the quarterback that makes the playoffs is the one who ends up winning this or the one that has the most win total. Uh, if it's close, the win total will decide it. So what do you think about Tua potentially winning offensive rookie of the year and the Dolphins playoffs plus 340? Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of like, well, frankly, I don't, I don't really understand the decision, I guess. And it, it comes down to like, where did they see that Tua was better than Fitz, right? Because backups don't get reps during practice. Like that, that like that's a known fact. Like quarterbacks, everyone says that, coaches say that. So like, to me, it signifies that he was the plan all along. Yeah, that's uh, so to be honest, we'll see. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really get it, I guess. But I think that the, the bets make sense, right? They're, I think they're in the playoffs right now. And I mean, behind them are the Broncos, I know, obviously the Patriots, but still seven teams make it. The Colts look super fluky. Uh, maybe the Raiders, I guess. Like, it's kind of hard to slice those three teams uh, outside of the division winners, of course. But yeah, if they slide into the playoffs and Tua plays above average, I could see the name. Because this is all narratives, right? This is why we said Burrow was a good pick like three weeks ago. I have Burrow at plus 300, a preseason bet. Because it really just comes down to the narratives built around it. Obviously, the Bengals aren't making the playoffs. Burrow's going to have good stats, right, just because they're throwing the ball and they're he played all 16 games. Herbert kind of is thrown in there, but unless he starts winning some games, like he can play as good as he wants, but unless he starts winning games, I don't think he'll get that. So, yeah, I think that the two kind of go hand in hand. Uh, for a pretty good payday here. And honestly, I mean, I want to say two is going to play just as good as Fitz, but we'll see, I guess. And there's really no way to know until uh, they play the Rams, I believe, next week. Next so week, we'll yeah, see here it is. Real quick, let me read you the Dolphins' schedule. So we got the Rams week nine, obviously, because we have the bye, or week eight, because we have the bye this week, and then the Cardinals, and then the Chargers, and then the Broncos. So you could easily see the Dolphins winning three of those games, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and then we play the Jets, and then the Bengals. So that is potentially four wins there, five wins maybe. And then the Chiefs, obviously, they're just going to get trounced. And I think they can beat the Patriots. I think they can beat the Raiders. And I think they can beat the Bills. Now, I'm not saying they win all those games, obviously, because the NFL is crazy. They could lose every single one of these games. And my bet will look completely wrong if Tua just doesn't look like that guy. But I think the bet to make the playoffs is good. And I think they're playing up against these kind of softer defenses where there could be higher scoring games in which Tua's stat total would be very high. Now, I understand Tua's only going to play, what is this, eight games? So that, that does put him at a disadvantage to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. But Herbert hasn't even fucking won a game yet, and Burrow has, but the Bengals really have no hope to winning a bunch of games. So I just I just like Tua there. I think it's just based strictly off the shot that he does win because I assume most people have already bet one of the Rookie of the Years. I took Joe Burrow earlier in the season at plus 100. I felt like that was kind of a lock. Probably wrong at this point since I think Herbert is the – odds on favorite right now so i'll just go ahead and take two a plus 900 and hopefully he ends up hitting so i don't look like a dumbass on uh on burrow so what is your uh future pick here before we get into the locks yeah i think there's a couple um i mean i only wrote down one but i think this is a good point where you can kind of maneuver sort of some of these futures and kind of re uh recharge on maybe the ones you placed earlier per se but i have the giants under four wins at plus 110 and if they would have if they would have handled the red the football team a little easier than last week, I think that I would have been a little different. But they literally only won because they had a fumble recovery for a touchdown, and then the football team went for two when they could have went to overtime, right? So like they they really didn't win this game per se. But the the, the Giants come in here with the the rest of their schedule is Eagles, Bucks, football team, Eagles, by Bengals, Seattle, Arizona, Cleveland, Baltimore, Dallas. So. 
to me, like they have to win three out of the next 10. So maybe they beat the Eagles uh, when we're recording tonight. But when you see this two days ago, that might make this bet kind of bad, obviously, because then they're going to be halfway with the win out of the Eagles and they play football team Eagles, et cetera. But the, the, the reason I like some of these at, a, at an even number is the, the chance to push, right? So you don't lose your money. If you push, you get your yeah. 10 bucks back or whatever, et cetera. So there's not really a way to lose until they, unless they exceed expectations, but I don't see him beating Seattle, Arizona, Cleveland, Baltimore. Week 17, Dallas, I would I would imagine that by then, either the division's out of line and Dallas has it, or this game, Dallas has it figured out by then, right? So I think that yeah. there's an interesting spot here. And then Cincinnati, that's up in the air, both kind of similar to caliber teams. I like the under four here, um, but they could definitely be wrong come. With the stretch of Eagles, Washington Eagles, and three to the next four weeks, that could definitely be wrong. Okay. Yeah, I know. I agree. I don't know. I don't have a real read on the Giants or any of these NFC East teams. They just all look bad. And any of these teams could have like two wins. Some of these teams could just have six wins from just beating the shit out of each other. So my lock now we're to go into the locks, unless you have anything to add on the Giants. Oh, uh, no, no, sorry. That's it. Okay. All right. So my lock of the week, we're to go with the, the trend of the Jets being absolutely atrocious against the spread and in real life. 0-6 in the NFL, 0-6 against the spread. The Buffalo Bills minus 13 up against the New York football Jets. Now that number is huge, but you're just going to have to lay it because if the Bills, the Bills have been very sad the last two weeks, they've lost. This is their win where they just go absolutely hog wild and beat the Jets down until they are bloodied, until they die. Now, I understand that Sammy Mono may end up playing in this game instead of Cool Joe. If Joe Flacco is playing in this game, this is a complete and utter route by like 40 points, in my opinion. But with Sam Darnold, it does keep it close. And I think if they, they announce that Sam Darnold does play, the number may end up going down lower than 13, but how do you even do that? Because the Jets just suck so much cock. So I'm just going to go ahead and believe in the Buffalo Bills. Even if they haven't looked like the team they looked like earlier in the season for the last two weeks, I just don't think the Jets are any good at all. I think the Jets and Adam Gaze want to a tongue of Iloa, even if uh, Adam Gaze is not going to be there for, not to a, uh, Trevor Lawrence, for when Trevor Lawrence comes, Adam Gaze is not going to be there. But with that said, I like Buffalo minus 13, not This is actually, I'm super confident in this just because of, even though the number sounds crazy, the Jets just suck so bad that I feel like it's a lock. So what do you think about the Bills minus 13, which is a huge number against the uh, the Jets? I mean, it's a big number, but like I, I, yeah, the Jets are just so bad. Like I don't even, I don't know, Adam Gase still has a job. I was listening to a podcast. It was the Collinsworth, Chris Collinsworth and Richard Sherman have one on PFF. And they were just talking about like, like physically, how does he still have a job? Um, it is like brutal. They can't even like do anything. They can't even score against the Dolphins defense, which I know has been playing good, but like still you can't even score against the Dolphins defense. So yeah, I, I think this is a good pick. Um, honestly, I mean, if Donald plays a banged up Donald, I think is more subject to, uh, to turnovers than Joe Flacco might even be better if this number moves down. So so I think it's a good pick for sure. Joe, Joe Flacco last week took a, I believe, 35-yard sack. I don't know if you saw the clip of that. He literally rolls back, and he just keeps running while there's these guys chasing him. It's like, what are you doing? You're not fucking Lamar Jackson. You're not going to juke these guys out. Just fall over. And instead, he just runs back 35 yards. Greatest sack ever by the Miami Dolphins. So not even too much to talk about here. I just think the Bills completely rolled the Jets, and it's just not even close. So what is your lock of the week here? So mine is the – it's been moving a little bit. I think people are kind of realizing it's the Niners uh, plus 1.5 against the Patriots. I, like, personally bet the plus two and the money line for the Niners, but I still think either way you slice it. I think it's, like, 110 on the money line. 
it really comes down to uh, well, obviously, I watched the Broncos game last week, and the, the way they they beat this Patriots team, the way you beat a team that that runs the ball, is you handle the time of possession, you throw short passes, you just pound the rock on them. And the Broncos aren't a team to normally do that, and they did it super successfully. Now you bring in this team that that's all they do. Like Jimmy G's a dot last week was negative. He was throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage more often than he was over the line of scrimmage. They uh, out possession the Rams by 15 minutes, and the Rams only had 22 minutes of possession. I, I just, I just don't, I don't know. The, the Patriots just confused me because this offense was exactly what I thought it was the first two weeks, where they were just going to have Cam do his thing, switch out running backs, and just throw short balls at Edelman, and then they completely switched. Since yeah. Cam had COVID, they had COVID. They completely switched this offense to like trying to chuck the ball downfield and run it between the tackles all the time, and didn't really make <laughs> any sense to me. Um, but then you come against so that we were talking about Jimmy G beforehand and he's fine when he's not getting pressured, right? They, they manhandled Aaron Donald that game. I don't know how, but they did it. Now you go against a Patriots team that doesn't get that much pressure. I mean, they, they play their, their defense is built around their secondary, which has been up and down this year, but the Niners don't need to penetrate secondaries to win games. They seem to yeah. keep Jimmy G clean. They need to hit these short balls, hand it off to the receivers, et cetera. So I just think the Niners are a better team at this point. And then Cam, how is Cam going to beat him? He's going to have to run the ball and apparently not throw it to Edelman anymore, try to throw deep balls at Demir Bird and you go against the Niners front seven. Yeah, with Fred Warner, probably one of the greatest, not greatest, one of the best, like, just athletic linebackers in the NFL right now. So yeah. I really like the Niners on this side. I think they're just going to maintain possession, keep their short game moving. As long as Jimmy G stays in a clean pocket, I think there's no way they lose this game. And the Patriots will be what two and four, probably the first time since like <laughs> pre Tom Brady. I bet it's crazy, Beautiful. but I, but it's the reality of of what the Patriots are right now. Yeah, no, I I agree. This is a Jimmy G revenge game as well. Jimmy Garoppolo used to be yeah. the Patriots quarterback, so big revenge game here. Now I would never in my in my mind take the Niners. To be honest with you. Now, I'm not saying that this is a stupid pick because the Niners last week I thought were a stupid pick, and they were so stupid in my head that they actually won. So I need to start thinking of stuff like that, like, oh, this pick feels so good. That's completely wrong. So the Niners I like in this game to win in reality, but I just feel like Bill Belichick can't lose two games in a row, right? He's not going to get smacked by the Broncos and then walk in here and lose, but he did. I know that's the problem, so – I don't know. I'm not super confident in this. I get why you are. The Niners do look like a very complete team. I do worry without Raheem Mostert, though, how effective the run game will be. Even though Jarek McKinnon has looked good, Mostert literally is just one carry, and the motherfucker can take it to the house from regardless of where you're at. I was completely wrong on Raheem Mostert, by the way. This guy's very good, but he's also as injury-prone as I thought he would be. So, with that said, the Niners plus one and a half is Lucas's lock. My lock is the Buffalo Bills minus 13. And real quick, let me just pull this up before we leave. I got to pull up our record up against Snacks and Animal. I believe we are we're definitely winning. I know that for sure. I just got to check our record. We are right now Bagels and Locks them. They are 5 and 7. Murder your bookie. Us we are 8 and 4 on our locks. So we are slaying them out right now. We are 3 games ahead and we're looking to obviously put up double digits on them. Beat them by 10 by the end of the season because that's just what we do. We're going to go ahead and smack them up. So uh Make sure you guys check out their show as well. You know, not as good as us, obviously, on the mortal locks point of view, because we're just straight up lock kings over here. And we're going to go 2-0 this week because the Niners are going to win and the Buffalo Bills are going to absolutely shit stomp the Jets. So thank you guys all for watching. Do you have anything to add, Lucas, here before uh, we get out of here? Nope. Just don't, don't judge the, the week by week sample size. Take the whole year.
Exactly. Don't judge a book by its cover. That's what they say back in preschool. So thank you guys all for watching. Have a great rest of your guys today. You can follow Lucas on Twitter, even though he doesn't use it. That will be on the screen as well. You can follow me on Twitter. You can click that subscribe button. You can do whatever you guys want. I hope you guys have a great time. And I hope that you guys continue to take these picks because we are eventually going. My record's going positive after the end of this week. And that's just a fact because I'm going to bet or at least my units because I'm betting $7 million on the Buffalo Bills to defeat the Jets because it's just a lock. Have a great rest of your guys day. I love you all. And I'll see you guys tomorrow with another video. And I'll see you guys next week with Lucas. Good boy.